was like it was like a slow steady buzz if I ate it fast but like if I didn't eat it fast it was just good ice cream so ice cream booze does not equal drunk no unless you realize that most people only drink just to get buzzed right yeah we're just alcoholics (laughs) (laughs) oops oh oh that's my problem though it's trying to drink to get drunk because then it's like once i'm drunk i don't stop drinking Yeah, see, my problem is, is I'm a social drunk, and I play yeah. off other people, and the Same. people I hang out with are drunks. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I get drunk. And then you're like, oh, I don't know why I got so fucked up, and it's like... Oh, yeah. Oh, right. I'm friends with alcoholics. Because I was drinking a lot. I have my pool, so I got it now. Yay! Congrats! Good job. Luna's showing off her... For good I eater prize. Yep, so you gotta get out. We're all we're recording now. I, I love, love you. you. I love how she didn't actually slam the door. Close the door all the way, please. Okay, whatever. Alrighty, are you ready for today's story? No. Oh my god. Okay, so um children. So, there is a mild trigger warning. There are two small children that do end up getting harmed in the making of this episode. However, um, it is not a detailed aspect of the story. Okay. Does that help? Yeah. It is not a detailed mm-hmm. aspect of the story. There are two children that get royally terrified. Okay. But those two don't die, so we'll get there. Okay. We are going to tell the story of Daniel LaPlante. LaPlante? LaPlante. Who was born May 15th, 1970, which makes him a Taurus, in a small town called Townstead, Massachusetts. Massachusetts? Massachusetts. Massive tits. What? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Glorious. Wonderful. <laughs> I feel the need to note that we recorded a Patreon episode before this, during which Patreon episode I drank two drinks, and I am feeling okay right now. So I may be a little more slap happy than usual. I also have been up since 4 a.m., and it is, it is now 8 o'clock at night. And I have two drinks under my belt. So, have fun with that. Not my problem because I don't have to hear me. Until tomorrow when I'm sober and I have to edit this. And I'm just going to sit there and glare at myself for breathing loudly. And having to edit all of the Glare. breathing. Glaring at drunk free. God damn it, you drunk bitch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Get your shit together. Yeah, no, drunk Bree and real Bree are two completely different human beings. Real Brie kind of just, it shakes her head in disapproval most of the time. It's okay. Hello, and welcome to Casual Casualties, where we talk about casualties. Casually. I'm Brie. I'm Becca. And today, we got a doozy for ya. Woot woot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I'm going with the flow. <laughs> so, in 
So Daniel or Danny, um, I've seen him referred to as both. I kind Danny of like boy. Danny because Danny boy. Danny boy. <laughs> Danny boy. <laughs> Danny boy. So little Danny boy. Um, so his early childhood is a bit off the books. So, everywhere I looked, and I looked at multiple sources, all of these sources all just said that um, his early teen and, like, young, like, 8 to 10 ages was spent being abused. Mm. There was extensive amounts of trauma. There was extensive reports of sexual abuse and emotional abuse. Most of these uh, sources say that this abuse came specifically from his father, However, some of these sources also named his stepfather as the person who... So, I don't know if he was abused by both his father and bo- and his stepfather, or if people are regarding his stepfather as his father in these sources, and it was just his stepfather who was mainly abusing him. Okay. So, it's hard to say. However, it is important to note that poor Danny Boy was... Uh, physically, emotionally, and sexually abused as a child. So we got a recipe for complete and total mass destruction here. So that's going to be... Yeah. So um, not only that, there was likely extensive amounts of neglect. I actually found a resource online. Thank you, Reddit. Where there was a user who is saying that their significant other, I can't remember, I think it was their husband, was in this town during this time, and it was pretty regular for the parents of this group to get together and throw these huge parties. Drinking, probably some drug abuse, potentially some swinging, I don't know. Like, it's, like, big high school parties, but, like, grown-ass adults, and they would just kind of leave their children off to the side. Damn. So their children were completely unsupervised, left to their own devices, and in immediate proximity of alcohol. And narcotics, possibly. And potentially narcotics. There was an offhand story about somebody's uncle going on and on again, off again with a 15-year-old girl. So, yes. This, it was very blurry. Not a lot of the lines connected, but what I do know is... There, there was a lacking amount of supervision, which allowed Danny Boy to make the decisions that he made. He was regularly bullied mm-hmm. for not only his appearance, but his odd habits. This poor kid. So he was very, hmm. I mean, I don't know how to say it without being mean. He had an off-putting appearance. Like, all of his court pi- pictures, he's got this greasy black hair that he had Flat against his forehead. And he always had his head tilted down with this glare going through his eyebrows almost. He looked demented. And it was scary. But, like, he would regularly get bullied for being weird, for looking weird, for smelling weird. Because, like, his parents didn't parent. So he probably didn't learn proper hygiene. So this kid probably wasn't brushing his hair. This kid probably wasn't regularly showering. Because what little kid likes to shower? Yeah, and, like teaches themselves how to do it. So, unfortunately, there was just a lot of crappy things that really weren't working for him. Like, kids would give him shit for having gross skin. 
what? Yeah, like, it's just, it's sad. Like, he was that kid that it was, like, everything he did and was, was just... Yeah, like, he was everyone's shitting pole. Like, everyone shit on him constantly. And it really upsets me. On top of all of that, he was dyslexic. Oh, no. So just to add a little more fuel he to that fire, so... He was not given... Poor, like, yeah, no, he was... The greatest was, opportunity at all. Yeah, no, this kid was playing poker and he got a shit hand. That's rough. He was playing poker and they gave him Uno cards. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> so, yeah. Thankfully, however, um, quote-unquote, teachers and other school officials, so, like, maybe, like, a school counselor, maybe? I don't know. All I got was other school officials. Um, referred to him to a psychiatrist! Yay! Dude, but literally, in, in my notes, I put, referred to him to a psychiatrist, quotes, yay! <laughs> he fucking filled he in the next it. word. Um, see, yay! yay! Mental help! Which I would like to take a second to note the fact that mental help is extraordinarily important. If you are having issues, if you are having concerns or stress or anything like that that you feel like you need help, get it. It is super important to yourself. It's super important to those around you. And there is absolutely no shame in seeking that help. Everybody needs something. I mean, we all need dentists, so why the hell yeah, wouldn't you, we need you some? You need a doctor for the wounds on the outside. You need doctors for the wounds on the inside. Exactly. Or like. if you had not watched New Girl, you use rubbing alcohol for outside wounds and alcohol for the inside. No, that's not what we're trying to promote, Becca. We're trying to get actual therapists to, like, help. No. <laughs> oh, no, definitely no. Yeah, seek help. Yes. Take care of your brain like you take care of your body. Yes. It's very important. Never feel like your problem is too small. Ever. Because you are important. Thank you. I will step off my soapbox. (laughs) But you see, don't seek the kind of guy that this kid got help from because this kind of, this psychiatrist was literally the shittiest. No, 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 no. Instead of eating people... He sexually abused his underage Fuck. clients. Are you serious? Yes. God so, damn it. Unfortunately, Danny Boy was sexually assaulted by his new psychiatrist. Like, what the actual fuck? Fuck you, dude. I would like to take a moment to note that Danny Boy is only 14 at this time. Dude, do not go into a career to help kids and then just fuck them up more. <sighs> I just, yeah. So, unfortunately... Don't be a therapist. Unfortunately, all of this trauma at school and all of this trauma at home and now all of this added stress of all this added trauma with his psychiatrist, the person who was supposed to help Help him... not give him more. Yes. um, Daniel needed an outlet. He needed a form of escapism. And so he started playing sports. Sure. (laughs) No, um, instead of, you know getting into reading books or woodworking or playing chess or starting a D&D club. No, what Daniel decided his new hobby would be was breaking into people's homes. Not only did he like to break into people's homes, but he would like to steal shit, obviously. Yeah. But 
He was a special kind of demented. He would break into homes and then rearrange so that they knew for a fact someone someone was in their home. He also enjoyed taking things and then leaving other people's stuff. The fuck? Yeah. (laughs) Like, next level. So he would like. Do you live in Gotham City? So like, City, my sir? brain is just picturing him looking at Grandma's urn. Oh my god! <laughs> snatching that shit up and then just leaving it two streets down in somebody else's house, and then that person comes home and they're like, "Whose ashes are uh, these? Where did this come from?" Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like what? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> or like you come home and your pictures are like rearranged and you're just kind of like, I feel like this is wrong, but I can't quite put my finger on it because I see it all the time. And I mean, he would also trash people's houses too. So, yeah, like, I mean, this is all fucked up. All like, of this is thoroughly fucked up. But do the psychological. Don't torment. worry. Don't break it people's gets shit. Better. No. No. So, yeah. Now, by the time Daniel turns 15, he's very well honed into the skill breaking and entering, stealing and replacing. Good old (laughs) B&E. Good old (laughs) B&E. I don't know why my brain auto-corrected that to B&B, and I was like, bed and breakfast? Fuck yeah, bitch, I'm in! I'm a fat ass. <laughs> I like food. B&B, or B, B&E was the reverse Uno. Because <laughs> he's fucking... No, you. <laughs> it just makes me think of that um, comedy special with um. Oh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Je- Bo Bo Burnham. No, not Bo Burnham. No, not okay. Bo Burnham. The other guy. Jeff Dunham. No, the other guy. And he has a dog named Petunia. And- John Mulaney. I remembered now. He has this story where he went to this party, and the next day, this the kid of that party was freaking out because somebody stole the photo albums of his like great-grandmother or whatever. It's like the photos of his great-aunt or whatever, like the older family members that they wouldn't be able to replace these photos of went missing. And then years later, he was playing video games with this other kid, and this other kid's like, let me show you something. And he shows him boxes and boxes of stolen photographs of other people's dead relatives. Was this this the guy? (laughs) He just kept those? And so I guess the way the story goes is, like, this kid was like, yeah, I steal these from people's houses when I go to their parties because they lose their shit over it. Oh, my God. Isn't that devious? That is, like, so next, like, are you aligned with Loki? Because it sounds like you're that aligned with pure chaos. Loki. <laughs> pure chaos. Jeez. I wish. I wish. Damn. I could. Yes. So, okay, somewhere along the timeline, and we're not exactly sure how, when, where, or why, my theory, I'll show you in a second, but um, at some point in time, Daniel acquires the phone number 
of a very beautiful young girl in his area about the same age as him. And he ripped it up and threw it away because he wanted to keep stealing old ladies' pictures. No, he never even did that. That's a story from a comedian. (laughs) So. Oh, this was the, that was, oh. Yeah, no, that's not this. That was a comedian. That was a comedian. That would be funny, though. like, was it this guy? No, definitely. It shouldn't have been. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Because the story sounded like they were, like, in the end of high school. Oh, okay. And Daniel is only 15 right now. Daniel's only 15 right now. So. What kind of level? Damn. So, this adorable little girl, her name is Annie. Cute. Her name is Annie. She's 15 years old. She lives in his area. I think they go to the same school. And he acquires her phone number. Run. He starts calling her house and asking for her. Run. And the father has been working a lot of hours, so no. there isn't that much supervision. Daddy's and so she is spending lots of time no. talking to Danny Boy on the phone. Now, my theory is that he broke into their house, saw the pictures, realized who it was, and he was like, bruh, fucking like this girl. He's, like, cute. Well, like, he probably knew her before he broke into her house. Yeah. And then was like, oh, shit, man, that's Annie! Okay, cool, let's do this. And I think he got her number from her house. What? So, I'm not an expert. I'm... Okay, there's a movie. Yes, there is. This There is a movie based after this. So, he breaks into her house. He gets her phone number. And then he starts calling and asking for her. And they're talking on the phone. And he tells her that he's this tall, athletic, blonde guy. He's really attractive and really sporty. So, he's that, like, cliche nerdy guy with the creepy slick black hair. Yes. And, like... Yes. Yes, and so after weeks... What a catfish, man. After weeks of these conversations, albeit she was probably pretty hesitant, Annie finally accepts a date with him. (gasps) Now, I think the way it goes is they met at an ice cream parlor. Okay, that's fucking cute. But my brain wants to just imagine him knocking on her door, and she swings it open, and she's like, (coughs) nope, and just slaps the door like, no, you're not. Nice try, though. That's what happened. Yep. But End you see, story. Thank you. Good night. the thing is, is Annie is a much better human being than I am, because she took one look at him, realized that he obviously catfished her, catfished the fuck out of her, and then continued with the date. She she sat through this entire date and talked with this boy. Damn. She is. A fucking goddess. Yeah. Good for her. Like, I don't have that heart. I don't have that soul. And I'm proud of her for it. Okay. Unfortunately, the date did not go well. Because, <laughs> you see, the thing is, is Danny really was thoroughly interested in talking about her dead mother. Her mother, who had only just recently passed away of cancer. What? Asking her questions like, well, was she in a lot of pain? Did she suffer a lot? Dude. What the fuck? What? (laughs) Yeah. 
Like, what the actual fuck? This poor, sweet, like, He sounds like wonderful the guy woman. that was stealing dead relatives' photo albums. He does sound like it, I know. And enjoy their pain. The, um, the creator of that joke is John Mulaney. I would like to credit him now. Credit where credit is due. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so believe it or not, Annie did not accept a second date from him. Obviously, he's heartbroken. But when you do things like sit there and talk obsessively... Okay, this is totally unrelated. I'm to this ready. Story. I'm but ready. There is this. Okay, so there was this guy that dated, and he like talked about how cute it would be if he like broke into her house in the middle of the night and like picked out her clothes for the next day. garage code to get into the house and like he was he was he said he's like oh i was just trying to help or something because he was caught like you fucking creepy okay but like my dad would have shot him (laughs) right oh you have to cut this out because i told her about the podcast (laughs) god damn it can i just bleep out her name okay yeah 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 um i just now realized that we've made it 23 minutes in and not once have we said our 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 (laughs) intro winning oh my god so at the end of this we'll double back and put it in okay so yeah that's cool nice that's beautiful Absolutely gorgeous. We'll just say it at the end, and I'll just edit it into the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'll leave this part in so we can... Love that. So you know. It's just... In case you don't know what you're listening to, you gotta wait till the end. Cheers. Cheers. Yes. Alrighty, so... Kind of successfully drinking. Um, but you see, the thing is, is she did not accept a second date from him, and he took it with complete and total acceptance and walked away and did not call her again no but what really happened though he did not call her again but what did happen showed up better was um this girl was again struggling from the recent passing of her mother and she has a younger sister uh her younger sister's name oh jessica okay so jessica so, Annie is 15, and she has an 8-year-old little sister named Jessica. Now, these two little girls are still reeling with the fact that their mother has died. Yeah, understandably. Now, their household went from a dual-income household to a single-income household, and now they're reeling with the fact that their father is working double-time to try and make up for the lack of income. Yeah. So, these little girls are now having a lot of extra time on their own that they didn't originally have, and with that, they're left alone to their own devices. They um, actually do what I think you and I would end up doing. They have a seance in their basement to try and contact their dead mother's spirit. Hell yeah! Now, 
you know, lighting all the candles, getting all that spooky vibe. They sat in the middle of the room, held hands, and reached out to their mother and asked for a sigh. Hopefully they put a protection circle out. And then their dad came home and they pretended like nothing happened and moved on with their night. So this is actually a spooky ghost story. However... Um, later that night, actually, they started noticing knocking on their bedroom walls. No. And it kind of was, like, rhythmic and tapping, and, like, they would ask questions, and it would, like, tap back yes and tap back no. And at first, it was, like, super exciting. They talked to their mom. Like, you know? So cool. But... It really quickly went from like a suit, like a super cool novelty, to pure torment, like torment, because it would not relent. When they, it was always when they were sleeping, and it was always when they were alone. It was never when their dad was home. Mm-hmm. And there was always knocking on their bedroom walls, on the living room walls, Dude. like all throughout the house. They would find knocking. There were moments in which, like, so like she like made herself something to eat, sat it down on the counter. Walked into the other room. Walked back. It's fucking gone. These poor girls. Think so, that their dead mother is haunting them. So, um, it did tend to, it, it escalated rather quickly from just little knocking to the entire living room getting trashed. Bro. To, like... Find another hobby. So, like, these poor girls are, like, really quickly just becoming tormented. And so, like, they complain to their dad, and their dad isn't hearing this or and isn't seeing this. And so he's just assuming that his poor little girls are not taking the death of their mother very well. <laughs> because eventually they do come out to their dad and say, look, we had a seance. This is what's happening, and now she won't leave us alone. And their dad... Being the realistic adult that he was, was like, like, no, that's not what's happening. But, like, it's getting to the point where the girls are not sleeping. Dude. Because it's waking them up in the middle of the night. They're not sleeping. When their dad's coming home late, they're they're still awake because they couldn't sleep. Because they're being tormented by this knocking, by things moving, by, like... And it's stressing them the fuck out. Understandably. Now, one night, it escalates dramatically. When they notice a bunch of noise coming from the basement, the area that they originally had their seance. Mm -hmm. And so finally, being yet again a little fucking badass, Annie grabs a kitchen knife. Damn, okay. And she goes down into the basement to find what looks like blood across the wall that says, I'm in your room. Come and find me. What? These two girls, a 15-year-old and an 8-year-old, are home alone. And they found this written in their basement in what looks like blood. You run outside and you scream. That's okay, because that's exactly what they fucking did. Yes! These girls did not waste any time. They lost their shit, they ran out the door, and they went to a neighbor's house. And they did not return Do home not until their dad got your home. Room. Yeah, no, they were gone. Good. They got the fuck out of Dodge. Hell yes. Their mama would be proud, I'm sure. Dude, I'm fucking proud. That's amazing. 
But they got the fuck out. And their dad came home <clears throat> later that evening. And, like, I I tried valiantly to figure out, like, was it cleaned up? Did he not see it? Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. No idea. No idea where that went. But after this event, dad puts the girls in therapy. And this time it was a good therapist. Okay. <laughs> I saw your look. I was like, don't worry. Not the same one. This time it was a good therapist. And the weird, like knocking and writing on the walls and things moving stopped Hmm. for a solid two, three weeks. All of a sudden the girls are sleeping again. All of a sudden these knocking is going away. So the father feels justified. He's like, okay, cool. It really was just them not settling well. It's okay. It's getting better. It'll be fine. Until one night. (laughs) Until one night. (laughs) Does dad die? Um, there's a good amount of knocking and noise and ruckus coming from Annie's bedroom. Is Annie in it? So again, like a motherfucking G, Annie grabs a kitchen knife. She pokes her head into her bedroom. And written on her bedroom wall in the same what looks like blood. I still have not found an answer if it actually was blood or not. So I'm stressed. I'm back. Find me if you can. No. And yet again, the girls, smart as can fucking be, booked it. They went to that same neighbor. And the neighbor called the father at work this time. And the neighbor's like, look, dude, something's going on. Like, they are shaking. They are scared. You need to come home now. Does she still have the knife on her, I wonder? I hope. Did she run to the neighbor's house? I would have. Like, I wouldn't have dropped that shit. That shit's scary. Like, mm, re-read yourself, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) So, the father ends up leaving work early, leaves the girl at the neighbor's house, and then goes into his own home, into Annie's bedroom. As he walks into the living room, the TV is turned on all the way up on one of those staticky channels. Oh, no. The living room is now slightly trashed. Things are overturned. <gasps> <laughs> Luna, you scared me. She got you. <laughs> Luna, go tell your dad it's bedtime. I reached like a scary part of my story, like right when like shit's about to go down, and then right behind me I hear a small voice, and I'm like, oh no! Oh, she got only here before you heard her. Sorry, that's my kid. Sneaky little snook. I don't know where we get it from, but we are some sneaky motherfuckers. Maybe it's because she's petite. She's light on her feet. I'm really not apparently that light on my feet, but I'm still stealthy. Come on. Love you, bye. bye. God damn it. Now I get to reset the scene. <laughs> oh, I was like so stuck in my story too. And I got ripped right out of it. <laughs> Alright, so let's back up. These girls hear a bunch of knocking and ruckus from Annie's bedroom. Annie goes into it to find written on the wall in what she fucking scared me shit i'm jumpy today so I'm to glad find I didn't do my story to find 
Oh, shit. Dude, my notes just jumped from where I was at to the top. Aw, oh, man. That Fuck. sucks. Alrighty, so... Um, in her bedroom wall, she went to find... I'm back. Find me if you can. No. No. So the girls lose their shit. They leave the house. They go to the neighbor's house. The neighbor calls the father because they are so stressed out about all of this. So the father comes home early, and the girls explain to him what happened. Good. And so the father goes into the house and finds a few new things that have changed since what the girls said they saw. So when he walks into the house, he immediately notices that the TV is turned on and all the way up and is set to the static channel. That's a nope. And turned off to its side. That's a murder story. That's a reet reet movie. The living room is now a little more trashed than it was, and he walks into Annie's, Annie's, Annie, Annie. He walks into Annie's bedroom to find an additional note saying, marry me. And a photo of Annie stabbed into the wall with a kitchen knife. Was it the same kitchen knife that she grabbed? I don't know. Maybe she dropped it. Maybe that's where he got it from. I don't know. In that instant, Brian, the name of the, the father, Brian realizes his girls have not been making anything up. No fucking shit, dude. In this moment, he also catches movement. Out of the corner of his eye. Does he die? In Ani's closet. No. Standing in her closet, creeping out of it. I don't like it. Is a greasy, pale teenage boy with makeup smothered across his face, wearing... The dead wife's dress. <gasps> no! <laughs> what the fuck? Some what sources claim it was fuck? her wedding dress, but I feel like that's a bit much. What the fuck? <laughs> He's just like, honey, I'm up. So, a 15-year-old scrawny, slimy, like, greasy teenage boy with makeup slathered across his face wearing your dead dead wife's dress and holding a motherfucking hatchet he has a hatchet he has a hatchet nightmare fuel pure and total nightmare fuel okay hugs and kisses okay give me a hug I love you. Mm. Thanks so much. Mm. Okay, I'll go sleep, okay? Close the door, please. Okay. Close the door all the way. Love you. So. <laughs> Imagine walking into your child's Imagine room. Imagine walking into your child's room to find and this anybody this barring a hatchet. Here. Like, what? And wearing your dead wife's dress. Like, just imagine that kicker. Ah. Just. The level of, like. Fuckery. The absolute fuckery that ensued. Dude. So, like, any 
good father would, he immediately starts chasing down this boy. Good. But he gets away! How? This little slippery bitch gets away! So when the police arrive, obviously, they're like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. He did not get away. We're gonna find him. And so they turn everything over. And finally, after moving either a dresser or a chest, I don't know. They, it was referred to as either or mm-hmm. in, in all of the... They find a little fucking door in the wall. Like, what? How do you not know that's there? Yeah, how do you own a house and not know? How do you not know that's there? How do you own a house and not know? See, the part that, like, bugs me the most about this is that um, I have family in Indiana who um, they own a shit ton of land and they built their own house. And as part of the features that they built into their own house, there were tunnels connecting the children's room to the parents' room. Okay. So, and they were secretly, like, like they were not obvious hidden. tunnels. And they were built so that in case of emergency, it was easy for the parents to get to the children's room and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've been in tunnels in people's walls before. Yeah. So this is even more, like, What? Like, I've seen it. I know it exists. And that bothers me even like, more. To know that you could... I, I you, can see it for, like, old, old houses. For, mm-hmm. like, where, like, the servants and stuff would go through. Still, though. But, like... How does your realtor not tell you about that? How do you not explore your house and find it? I just, I don't know. That is concerning. How did you put a chest directly in front of that door and not know it was there? Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, maybe they knew it was there and they just put the dresser over it as, like, a, what's the point of this thing? Maybe. But the concept bothers me. It's very bothersome. (laughs) A lot. Because, like, ew. Yes. That's just inviting just shit like this. I don't know. This kid has been living in the walls of their house for up to two months! Two months! Oh my god! Among the things found were a sleeping bag, empty cans of beer, stolen food from their house, Annie, and Jessica's clothing and garments... So, like, missing clothes that they lost and could not find. My brain immediately jumps to underwear because I am a creep. Yeah, same. But, like, no, because I assume he's a creep. Maybe not because I'm a creep. You said undergarments. Which implies your undergarments. But, like, their garments. Like, clothing of theirs. But, like, clothing of theirs that had gone missing. And they're probably, like, their sisters. Also, he's 15 and there's an empty six pack in there. Bruh. They also noticed from this passageway little holes bored into the walls that gave him visual access to bedrooms and other rooms in the house so he knew what room they were in when he was knocking on the walls and tormenting them amongst all this they also found daniel 
Daniel. What? Danny boy? <laughs> oh, okay. Jesus Danny. Christ. I Becca. was like, yeah, this is the guy we're talking about. Danny boy. So he's in he's in the house. He was living in the walls. He's, li- he's right there. Yep. He's in it. Mm-hmm. They find him mm-hmm. in there. And they arrest him. Yeah. And then he gets out of jail. So at this point in time, Daniel is now 16. And he was arrested and held in a juvenile facility for 10 months. After, like, during that 10 months, he now turns 17. 10 months. And when he turned 17, the case is no longer considered juvenile and is transferred to adult court. Oh, shit. Yes. So. You leveled up, buddy. Congrats. (laughs) So, Daniel is charged with four counts of kidnapping. Four counts of armed assault in a dwelling, breaking and entering, larceny of more than a hundred dollars, and malicious destruction of property. Damn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. That's a lot. So I wonder if the four counts of kidnapping comes with the two times that they know for sure that he, he was, was in their in house that. and writing on their walls. Yeah. That's what, that was my thought. I'm assuming. That's... Um, breaking and entering, that's pretty obvious. Um, larceny. Yeah. Of more than $100. And then malicious destruction of property. So, yeah. And he was charged with this on December 11th, 1987. And was due to appear in Superior Court um, a little later in the month. And then they let him out. They let him out because he was due to reappear in court. So then he went to his court date. Yeah, sure. (laughs) He owned up for all of his actions. He confessed guilty and he was a changed man. Actually, instead, on December 1st... Okay, sorry. So December 11th was the day that he was due to appear in court. They let him out early, like, early to mid-November with his court date due to be the 11th. However, December 1st, he kind of has different plans. Yeah. I bet he does. Um, Danny breaks into the Gustafson home? G-U-S-T-A-F-S-O-N. Gustafson. 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 Gustafson home. Andrew, who was um, the head of the household, the father and husband, uh, was not at home. He was at work. No. And his wonderful, beautiful wife, Priscilla. This is why women should work full time. <laughs> his beautiful wife, Priscilla. That is such a sweet name. His beautiful, pregnant wife. No. Priscilla. And their youngest, no. Wilhelm. Will, Wilhelm. William. William. William, who was five years old. Aww. They were home. Aww. Just kind of chilling. Now, I would like to take a moment to note that um, Priscilla was a absolute wonderful woman. Who was. She was very dedicated to her Christian she faith. Was. Um, she liked to sing in her church's choir. She worked as the nursery school teacher for the church. And overall is a very happy and wonderful woman, a beautiful mother. Um, it's all past tense. Let's see where this is going. 
<laughs> so, unfortunately, no. December 1st. No. Nope. December 1st, Andrew comes home and is surprised at the lack of commotion going on in his home. Priscilla and Wilhelm. Wilhelm. William. William. <laughs> My cat, goddammit. So, Priscilla and William were home with each other throughout the day. And then later in the afternoon, their seven-year-old, Abigail, who who gets dropped off after school, close by, and then walks the rest of the way home, Um, there wasn't any commotion going on from all three of them. Which is strange. Which is strange. Because normally he's greeted at the door by his two young children. Um... And then he goes into the bedroom and finds Priscilla face down in her bed with a pillow over her head and a gunshot going through the pillow. From the look of the scene, um, it looks like Danny coerced Priscilla into the bedroom, physically and sexually had his way, and then held her down with a with a pillow and shot her. What a coward. Like a motherfucking coward couldn't even look her in the face. After this was done, he filled the upstairs bathroom tub with water. No. And drowned and drowned the five year old William. And then when the seven year old Abigail came home, he filled a different tub with water and did the same. You said the kids were fine. I didn't say the kids you were fine. You said it wasn't a big part of the story. I said it was not a detailed. Uh, that's pretty detailed, man. <laughs> I tried to make it as undetailed as possible while still doing these people justice. Oh, my goodness. So, this poor man left work with a beautiful wife, two wonderful children, and a third on the way. Yes. And came home to nothing. To, to worse than nothing. My soul hurts for him. Like. The part that really upsets me about this story is everybody focuses so much on the torment that he did to this one family because it's so sensational. Yeah. And they never stop to do any justice for this, for family. this family. And it's really important to me to tell that story because nobody ever says it. And it's just. It's gut wrenching and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. So, um. Two little kids. Like. No. Yes. The moments that they had to go through. So, yeah. <laughs> I just... <sighs> yeah. So, the police kind of compiles a list of, subs- of suspects. And, not surprisingly, Daniel was on that list. Um, he is known for robberies. And it looks like this was the beginning of a robbery it that went wrong. Yeah. Um, there was also a robbery recently in his neighborhood that involved... A twenty-two caliber caliber handgun being stolen, which is the same caliber of gun that was used in this murder. So, um, there is also a eyewitness, um, a woman who called the police because this deranged kid, kid, fifteen or sorry, seventeen-year-old kid. Yeah. Was trying to steal her car from her. Uh, dude. 
He was trying to steal her car from her. And thankfully, she didn't let it happen. So she calls the police and let them know this is what the kid looked like. And so they were like, huh, greasy, you say. (laughs) Okay, so um, (laughs) our audio got fucked up for the last bit of our recording. So from that last statement to now is now a different day. Tomorrow. And we're doubling back to fix it because something got slightly unplugged and the rest of our recording sounded like a skipping CD. Which is very annoying. Yeah. We didn't want to subject, subject, subjugate you to that. We didn't want to fucking torture you. Yeah. Okay. We're not done. We're not Dennis Raider. We're not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, I had. Uh, I was having trouble remembering somebody's name, and so I was describing them to somebody else, and the person was like, oh, oh, like, uh, you mean Dennis, right? And I was like, Dennis, you, okay, I'm not going to forget that name now. And they're like, why? And I was like, because I just, my brain immediately was like, Dennis Raider? And he's like, who? Well, no, the person knew who I was talking about, and they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's, no, that's, that's how I'm going to remember now, and now I know his name perfectly every single time I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> You're just going to look at him and be like, fuck that guy. Fuck that motherfucker. No, <laughs> he's actually a really nice guy. I feel bad. Um, alrighty, so let's try and get back into where we were. Uh, we were at the part where, um, and I did slightly miss misspeak um we were at the part where uh shortly after all of this um daniel runs like away from the scene or whatever and attempts to not steal a vehicle he attempts to kidnap a woman with her vehicle what and she was not having none of that bullshit. Fuck <laughs> that noise. So she gets a hold of the police. The police then begin to immediately search the area. And uh, it takes them two days to finally locate Daniel hiding in a dumpster. Classy. <laughs> like, I'm picturing just him sitting there like, hmm. just chilling. No what? I am trash. <laughs> I don't think he was that self-aware. <laughs> but no, he was just sitting there in the dumpster, and I'm like, I'm just picturing, like, like, <laughs> like being at work, going and taking out the trash, and there's just a person chilling in the dumpster, just sitting there with his knees up, not by the dumpster, thumb. in the dumpster, just like, I imagine just like Doo-doo-doo. leaning up against the wall, like. Well, and I mean, like, okay, it's, it's harder Chilling. for me to fully understand this pro- this concept because where I live, if you touch the dumpster, you're going to get a burn. Yeah, that's going to hurt. Yeah, like, you don't, when you go to throw the trash, you th- you stand, like, three or four, like, steps away and you try and, like, heave-ho that bitch <laughs> the- over the lip because if you accidentally, you if you accidentally touch it, you're walking away with a third degree burn, yeah. like. Congrats. Welcome to the desert. Everything's trying to kill you. Also, t- also just trash juice. Yeah. Ew. Never said. Like, <laughs> am I the only person here who's ever had to take out trash out of a public trash can? Like, it's not fun. Shit's gross. Also, they teach us not to push down on our hands because heroin needles. needles. And that kid is just chilling in it. Yep. 
Like it's a condo, just vibing. Like, just, I'm picturing the police officer poking his head in and going, whoop, that's not Waldo. <laughs> like, what's <laughs> this guy doing? Whoop, that's, that's, that's not what I was anticipating. Okay, then. <laughs> like, uh, oh, look, it is trash. No, I'm, okay, imagine being the rookie on the team. Just being like, did anybody check that dumpster? Yeah. And all the other guys are like, like, oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah, sure, let's check in this dumpster yeah, right go, here. Wait, oh, what? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, God damn it. <laughs> right? Also, how guilty do you look? Yeah, like, you're hiding in a dumpster. Like, <laughs> what? You are literally sitting amongst trash. Let's not forget, though, this isn't the worst way the police have ever found him. It's true. That's true. He wasn't in a crawl space in somebody's house. Wearing a dead woman's dress and her makeup With smothered that, across the And a hatchet. God damn. Jesus. This kid, man. Jesus. So. Oh. My watch is mad that I'm not breathing, apparently. Okay. Yeah. Um, alrighty. So the police take him in for questioning and accidentally stumble upon just an extensive amount of incriminating evidence. Like what? So for starters, they found the gun. Hmm. In the glove box of Daniel's stepdad's Jeep. That's weird. Not only did they find it there, but the only fingerprints on that gun were Daniel's. That's suspicious. That gun uh, left a a casing at the house. And so, like, via ballistics, they can tell that that gun fired that bullet and that is pretty fucking incriminating, but... Does she not know how forensics work? If if that wasn't incriminating enough, he left behind shoe prints in the flower bed looking into their windows. Those same shoes were the shoes that he was wearing when he got caught. He didn't um, even try. On his socks was hair from Abigail, the, the daughter. The seven-year-old. So, like, remember that uh, story that we did... With um, the little girl where they found her dad's pubic hair in her bed. And then, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm just thinking about that, and it makes me laugh, even though that is thoroughly tragic. Yeah. Because they found the little girl's hair on, in, in around, stuck to his sock, slash inside like of his shoe. his sock. Yeah. How did it get there, bud? Yeah. Yeah. Um... There was just far too many things going on that just were, it was open and shut. And for the first time in a while, when I look at a case and say, yeah, it actually was open and shut. Yep. The police actually got it right this time, I think. Way to go, guys and Um, gals. It only took a year for Daniel to be sentenced. That is a crazy amount of time. It's a crazy short amount of time, I I know, but like, it's sad that that's short. I, I I agree that it's our our justice system needs a better way of handling things. Because it's like 
Because, you know, the whole right to a speedy trial, you know. And that whole time he was sitting in the, like, in jail, that will count towards Towards his sentencing. sentencing. Yeah. I mean, one way or the other, it's still another set of time, another day that he is not loose. And that's just, and that's important. Not causing chaos to somebody else. Exactly. So, again, it only took a year for Daniel to be sentenced, and his he was sentenced to three life sentences to be um, served consecutively. Nice. Which means they have to be served back-to-back. Yeah. And apparently, I didn't know this, apparently if a judge does not declare that they are to be served consecutively, then the time can be served doubled up. What? So, like, if you're convicted of a crime for multiple counts of things, it's so like burglary, larceny, like, um, assault with a deadly weapon or, like, whatever, and you get a set chunk of time for each of those things. Yeah. If the judge does not say to be served consecutively, then they can all be served at the same time. So, if you get so six years for like, one thing, 12 years for another thing, four years for a third thing, and the just, judge doesn't say consecutively. It's just 12 years. It's just 12 years. Learn something new every day. Isn't that fucking That's crazy. Yes. So, these three life sentences were to be served consecutively. Um, and I just would like to reiterate that those life sentences is still not long enough for the death of... The absolutely beautiful Priscilla, her unborn child, their young seven-year-old Abigail, and the five-year-old William Gustafson. So, March 22nd of 2017, there was a resentencing hearing where uh, Daniel asked for a sentence reduction. Nah, no. I'd like to note that he's 47 at this point. He Mm. has been in jail from 17 to now 47. It's been 40 years. So he's 51 now. So he's 51 now. Um, at the His right, age at this time. resentencing is 47. Yeah. Um, and he used, or him or his counsel or whatever, used the argument um, that was found in like a few previous court rulings that stated, juveniles convicted of murder should be given meaningful opportunity to re-engage with society. Um the argument was also mentioned that there was a new law allowing juveniles convicted of murder with extreme cruelty and atrocity to ask for parole after they've been behind bars for a minimum of 30 years. First of all, who signed off on that? Who's the person who went in there was like, no, 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 no. Just the ones with extreme cruelty and atrocity have to wait 30 years yeah. and they're good. And then they're what? fine. And then they, and then they can try again. Like, like that. I'm sorry, but there's well, and especially just, mm. especially the way our jail system works is it's like you're you're in you're basically in timeout. Like they're not doing anything to help rehabilitate you to be an actual functioning member. Yeah, that's definitely an issue that America needs to. So it's like if they actually had something like that, I'm not saying they deserve to be let out, but. It would be much different. I agree. Well, yeah, there definitely needs to be... Like, you need to be held accountable. Yeah. For shit that you do. Like, murdering a family. It's just... 
how can you even hold someone accountable for that? There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing not. in this world that you could no. do to undo or fix or change or help better what you did. No. You took out a family when you could have just taken out yourself. That's a double-bladed sword, Becca. You can't sit here and promote. You can't sit here and and promote self-harm slash potential suicide yeah. as a result as a fix to that. You can't do that. That's not fair. I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just kind of like this whole town. Like this whole okay, maybe not town. This whole family unit is fucking bonkers. Like no. Everything was wrong from the beginning. CPS should have fixed this yeah. long before any of this could have become an issue. That's, that's true, too. See, it's like you gotta go to the root of the problem. Yeah, no. The root of the problem wasn't necessarily him to begin with. Poverty The and root of the problem. The systems that we have. Yeah. That don't work for anybody. So instead of promoting suicide, maybe we should just promote um, better CPS and DCS. Better um, education. Yeah. And better... Just better. better tools for families. Yeah. Yeah. Better birth control, maybe. So yeah, that families don't have kids. Better sexual they don't take care education. Of. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. That's the root of the... Better that education. Provide more... Am- oh, see, we're changing worlds yeah. here. See how also, quickly that Also, you know, maybe give a shit about kids before they're five? Maybe. Oh, yeah, no. By the time a child is 13, any and all decision-making and cognitive processes are fully solidified yeah so by the time your kid is 13 you're not even parenting them anymore as much as just kind of guiding them yeah they're like at the age of 13 their brain is developed enough to make their own choices they already have their core memories and yeah they're not gonna they're not gonna hear you (laughs) they're not gonna it's not gonna happen um well then it's like i learned that uh so you know like kids don't get to start going to school like for free until they're five and they get to go to Elementary school. What was that last time? Probably throwing the ball at the oh, door. Maybe. Okay. Um, but yeah, up until they're five, it's like if you want to put them in preschool or like daycare, it's costs a lot of money. Yes, it does. And any assistance that's out there is if you're like dirt poor. Not dirt poor. That's not a nice thing to say. But like under the poverty lines which far below the poverty line like i think in arizona for a family of three it's twenty thousand an annual income and it's like for that much like what could that's like less than poverty like yeah no i myself as a single adult would not be able to have an apartment no you wouldn't be able to really have anything unless you lived with people and split the cost of everything like jesus and, and that's, that's for the family for of three family of three you can't you can't pay rent you pay gas and that. buy food with all that yeah pick two and then it's like that's the poverty line that's what's considered in poverty so yeah and it's like at that point we have already failed like society yeah. has already failed and that's why people kill kill each other yeah and like So, I think it's, like, when they're two and three years old is when you should really get kids started in engaging them in education. Well, yeah, that's when their brain is... So, um, the best time to teach a child a second language is between the ages of four and seven. Yeah. The best time to teach your child math is between... 
Is it three and six? I think the best time to start teaching your child how to read is between three and ten. Yeah, and school, public schooling doesn't start until you're five or six. Yeah, so a large majority of your so, child's core brain development is, is already, already set. Yeah, so it's like if they didn't have the If they don't have an awesome auntie to sit down and do daycare <laughs> yeah. with them every week. Or have the privilege of affording like a thousand dollar a month. Well, even if you expenses. even if you didn't like not all families have the privilege of having FaceTime with their child yeah. long enough to sit down with them and teach them how to write and teach them right. how to read or even just read them books. Like because they're too busy trying to make money, so that they can so actually they can afford the house over their head. Exactly, and it's too much. And food. We need to fix this. Yes. Call to arms, my dudes. Alrighty. Oh my God, uh, way out yeah, we got a little off topic and a little ranty. Um, <laughs> oops. Because we're just starting tonight, but it's a continuation yeah, of this. Um, we did really good about not ranting. Let's fix that. I think it's because I was really tired. You were really tired last <laughs> night. Okay. Anyways, so, um, during all of these arguments where they were talking about letting him go off, off on parole and everything like that, um, Daniel made apology statements which included and i quote words cannot fully capture what i have done i murdered three innocent people four because of me a five-year-old boy will never turn six there's a seven-year-old girl that will never turn eight because of me a woman will never be able to give birth to her third child i robbed an unborn child of their first breath a husband was never again able to hear his family say, I love you. And then in another section, he says, I do not have the words to fully express my profound sorrow, but I am truly sorry for the harm that I have caused. From the very essence of who I am, from the depths of my soul, I am sorry. Now, it is important to note that my reiteration of this may not entail the same soul that his. Yeah. A lot of the people that were in this courtroom um, stated that this was said with blank eyes and very little emotion. Oh, I literally got chills at the part he was describing, like, you know, like, I don't, like the ending part. <laughs> but it gave me chills because it's like. The very essence the, of who I am. The words of it. This isn't an, an apology he didn't write for this. someone. You wrote this for yourself. Yeah. And it's like, because it's bigger than a little girl not turning eight. Well, and like, That's another part girl. that really hurts my soul is, um, like, the following weekend or the weekend after was supposed to be the first time she ever had a sleepover. <laughs> One of her friends was having a birthday party. And she never got to go to she never got, she was, she never even had a sleepover She's party. never going to experience her first kiss, her first boyfriend, her first breakup. She's never going to She's never going to go to prom. She's never going to go to prom. Her dad's never going to get to walk her down the aisle. Yep. She's never going to have a complete and total meltdown listening to shitty music because of some shitty boy who didn't yeah. even know she existed. Or girl. Or girl. We don't judge. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's more than a seven-year-old not turning eight, dude. It's, it's more than that little William yeah. never getting to go to kindergarten. Yeah, never being able to date. Never getting to go try out for sports. Yeah. 
never getting to learn an instrument, never getting never. to decide what their favorite hobby was or if they wanted to learn another language. Yeah. Never figuring out what they wanted to do when they grew up. Yep. Yeah. Never that's... getting to apply to college and get rejected. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a whole a whole lifetime that you took away. And us locking you up in prison and for the rest of your lifetime still is not going to fix it. No, and you want you want to get out to what? Like, to do what? What are you going to do? To cause more harm? Yeah, no. Because that's the same Stay as where like... you are. You're lucky we even let you have prison. Just like... throw you out in the middle of a national park and let the Wendigos eat you. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, we could call it the Hunger Games. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. No, who cares about districts? Let's just, let's pick out some random criminals. Well, see, I always thought, <laughs> just have an island and just put people who commit, you know, like, the worst of the worst, just throw them on the island. So, and, the most dangerous uh, game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, like, yes. with each other. The most dangerous game, just yes. Just drop them there and let nature take it. Give them a mansion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a mansion that has regular food supplies and Maybe. make sure everything's heavily videoed. Yes. For the crazy people who want to watch that. <laughs> and and then, that's fine. And then charge people to watch it. Boom, we just made <laughs> business idea. <laughs> okay. Anyways. This week on Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we are spending a lot of time laughing about a topic that is, in fact, rather somber. Yes. And I would like to point that we are not laughing about these events, simply about the fun things that we would love to hypothesize to do to these monsters. bullshit monsters who wreak havoc on families that otherwise would have grown to be happy and healthy and independent individuals. You know, with your normal wear and tear of whatever trauma you've experienced. Actually, hey, hey, trauma is what gives people humor. It's a spicy personality. Exactly. Now, thankfully, throughout all of this, the judge saw right through this bullshit act and told him to eat rocks. Good. Um, so, the... The judge maintained the sentencing of three consecutive life sentences. However, he will have a second chance for resentencing and or potentially parole um, shortly after his 62nd birthday. Nah, it's not enough. It's still not enough, no. And thankfully, I have a feeling that the next judge will agree. We'll see what happens, though. And then it's like, you're 67, what are you going to do? Like... Join Tinder. The world has changed so much. I'd like to see you try and break and enter nowadays. Yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> With everyone's fucking ring alarms and shit. Like, no, that's not yeah. happening. Nope. Not fucking happening. Alrighty. So, let's go ahead and wrap this up. I would like to remind you that in all of the notes of all of our shows, that's where you're going to find all of these important links I'm about to mention. If you want to check out any show notes, any pictures or anything like that, check us out on Instagram. I usually am pretty okay. Uh, I'll get better, okay? I'll get better. Um, I like to post pictures pertaining to each of our main stories that we put up every Monday or Tuesday, depending. Sometimes it's tough. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Life is hard. Life's hard. If you want to send us a story so that we can do listener tales, I really, really would love to start that up um, 
anything, everything, ghost stories, alien stories, um, your scary, crazy neighbor who shot your house up, um, what about that one time that somebody that lived near you got arrested for being a horse fucker? Like, it's fine. <laughs> Those kinds of stories. Those kinds of stories, because when you guys tell me your stories, then I'll tell you my stories, because my stories are great. <laughs> Um, but if you want to do that, do that via email. We have a Gmail set up, um, casual casualties podcast at gmail.com. That is also one of those links that you're going to find down there. Um, if you love us so thoroughly that you want to give us a little bit of extra financial help, there is our Spotify or not Spotify. There is our flit flitter and our Patreon, um, links down below our Patreon, Patreon links will lead you to um, a $3 and a $5 uh, tier subscriptions that you can choose from that are going to give you extra content, uh, each at variant levels of information. And if you love us so thoroughly but don't have the money, that's fine. We understand. We chill. That's cool. Uh, Rate, review, and subscribe because it really does help. I always was annoyed when people would say that at the end of my podcasts, but unfortunately it actually kind of does something. The algorithm. Yeah, that's probably why everyone always says that, but if you could, I'd appreciate it. We've already gotten, I think, two reviews, two whole reviews. Oh, yeah. Um, I also, my Aunt Mary, who is the absolute best, was our very first Patreon. She's the sweetest thing ever. We did not. Okay, cool. (laughs) We did not. So, um, because we have only only have one. Well, let's try and keep up with it though. That would be really cool. I highly doubt we're gonna get so many patrons. We can't keep up with it. But we have a recording of Luna saying thank you that we will be adding to our Patreon. Yes. So thank you so very much for listening and joining us on our casual crusade. We will catch you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Yay. Yay.